Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I'm going to be talking about femininity and masculinity, terms which um, come up a lot in other things that especially male clients read and if I think that these terms are useful or not for couples counseling and for understanding your relationship. But before I do that, please do subscribe. My most recent episodes are uh, the couple number three, the divorced in spirit and female hypersexual disorder. Is that a thing? Female arousal is that a thing <laughs> that is a thing um hopefully you've you know that but um all, all those are really interesting you only get them if you subscribe we're almost up to 75 subscriber only episodes also you should join my facebook group that is a lot of where my uh, podcast ideas come from our topics discussed in this group it's a supportive place there's usually a question of the day um and uh, that's a fun thing to do for only four ninety nine a month, which is beyond, uh, I don't even know what tiny decimal place percentage of what it would cost to have a session with me. Okay, so anyway... Um, what are we talking about today? So frequently I get clients who, now that I write so much about sex, I always wrote so much about sex, but my kids are getting older. Can't write that much about tweens. They don't like you to make little jokes about them <laughs> the way that you can about a toddler and how hard it is to parent your toddler. So, you know, I'm uh, moving over more to the couple domain, which honestly is the uh, area that people have to be in. They don't have to, but the couple outlasts the stage where you have small kids. So it's more uh, evergreen, honestly, as a topic, and it relates to all of the couples that I work with in counseling. So a lot of people don't have, have never had experience with a therapist that discusses sex in session, even a couples therapist, which is really tragic, because if you're leaving sex out of the equation in couples counseling, it's... Uh, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. It's like going to the grocery store and you're only allowed to shop in like two aisles, you know? So a, a lot of what goes on in the couple manifests in the bedroom. Not that that's the entirety of the issues, but those issues are frequently a microcosm for what goes on in the rest of the of, of the couple's, um, you know, relationship. Additionally, it's usually the primary area of discontent for the higher libido partner, which is uh, usually the male, but not, not always. So if you are in a couple's counseling setup where you do not discuss sex and you want to, realize that there are couple's counselors who do do that and that you should be with one. Um, because otherwise, again, it's like really cutting yourself off at the knees and you're not getting the entirety they're not getting the entirety of the picture. And if you say, why don't um, some couples counselors talk about sex? I mean, it's the same reason, like, your spouse doesn't talk about sex. They don't want to, or you don't. You know, it's uncomfortable. This is a taboo topic. This does not get a lot of... Um, does it get trained in school? It's something that you really got to learn on your own with continuing ed as well as your own, like, you know autodidactic tendencies in my, my case, you know, to read and learn and, and do this stuff on your own as independent study. So it's not like you get out of any sort of PhD program with uh, a, a training in how to assess sexual issues within, um, within a couple. If you go on further for the ASECT certification, which I do not have, um, but you can like take lots of classes in it or else, you know, you could just learn it.
which is what I did. And but anyway, that's just the PSA, because sometimes people are like, yeah, I was in couples counseling for a decade. We really learned about how to talk to each other using I statements. The great. I mean, you know, the kind of you know, the kind of stock portfolio you could have for what you were paying that person to learn something that you could have learned in the first session. But anyway, um, moving on. So masculinity and femininity are these concepts that are bandied about a lot, particularly in the manosphere. And there's all this stuff about gender polarity and the masculine in one, you know, uh, elicits the feminine in the other and vice versa. Do I believe in this? Yeah, I mean, there's gender differences, sure, you know, but I mean, this idea of this like alpha male and then this like submissive woman, you know, that is kind of what many men kind of think of this as is like there's some level of alpha you can act that will just make any woman more in touch with her femininity and conversely there is a level of feminine that you could act that will pull out the alpha in all men now this is inaccurate obviously people come to the table with their pre-existing personalities but it's not entirely misguided but we have to really then be explicit about what we mean about feminine and masculine especially if you have any chance of talking to your uh, politically liberal partner about this because as soon as you use those words masculinity, femininity, she's done. Um, And it's always, I mean, unfailingly, the woman is the more liberal partner in the relationships that I see. Just because, I mean, I did a podcast about this, you know, why your politically liberal wife hates you or whatever. It wasn't that. It should have been that was the title, but it wasn't. Either way, women are, they're softer, they're more vulnerable, they feel more you know, empathy for suffering people of all kinds. This, I do believe, is biological, and um, therefore they want to help everybody uh, a lot more than men do who look more at, quote, facts and figures and numbers and, and what have you. So that they, they, so like, think about it with, like, taxes, right? So who, the man or the woman, and Joe Average, Jane Average married couple, who's going to want to take more taxes out of what they, you know, the, who's going to want to pay more taxes if it helps the little children? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that might be the woman. But either way, if, if, if this is not politically correct, remember, I'm not politically correct, so wrong podcast. <laughs> this is just what I see all the time. So if you try to tell your wife, who is a progressive liberal, about that um, you want her to act more feminine, you better already have another place lined up to sleep that night. So instead, what do you, let's explore what you may actually mean by that. So what are masculine and feminine? What, what, does, what does the average couple mean by these constructs? Proactive is more what they mean by masculine, which the most progressive liberal woman will say, I want a more proactive husband. That's like for sure. She won't say I want a more masculine husband, but she'll say I want a more proactive husband. I want a less passive husband. I want a quote, real partner, meaning a more proactive husband. So basically what women want is a more proactive husband. I mean, this is like the thing that they say that they want, unless they have somebody who is like, so proactive that they're like a Mr. Perfect and they do everything. In which case, women want somebody who then is nicer to them and takes their opinion into consideration. So what do women actually want? I mean, to be loved and respected. What do men actually want? To be loved and respected. So uh, there should be a lot of overlap here in understanding one another. Unfortunately, things are not usually understood at this basic level. So then it's like men and women want such different things. They don't. And that's what I 
try to keep saying about sex. Men just want to be loved and approved of and um, this this close intimacy with somebody who accepts all aspects of them and that's why they, they focus so much on sex because sex can feel like that for a man if they are allowed to kind of do whatever they want almost, you know, to have this arena, this play arena where they are loved and accepted um, for for whatever they want. They're not shamed. They're When they say something, it's considered a fun idea or at least not uh, something horrific and shameful. And so this is uh, for men with a physical touch love language, which is the majority. This is um, this is the arena where they could feel fully loved. And for women, that can frequently be with words or with quality time or with acts of service. Some women do think that. But, you know, it's interesting because I just read these statistics that said that 29 percent of men have a physical touch love language before age 45. But after age 45, 39 percent of men have a physical touch love language. Well, I think that that's because sex was on more offer uh, earlier when men are younger. So they don't understand (laughs) that um, it it could go away. You know, so if you're comparing like a guy who's 20 years old with a 20 year old girlfriend and they're fucking like rabbits all the time, he doesn't understand that there's like his love language this is just like some awesome shit that happens to him you know so he might pick gifts or like whatever who gives a shit you know but later as monogamous people as the woman's sex drive attenuates dramatically in her you know post children and especially then later 30s 40s 50s then men realize oh shit this was something that was really important to me all along and that I yearn for so relatedly I wonder if acts of service goes away in, a, in much the same pattern for women over age 45. I wouldn't be surprised because at that point, you don't have young kids anymore. So it's not such a big deal if somebody makes dinner because you can make your own fucking dinner. You don't have a baby on your hip. You don't have to nurse. You don't have to like do an elaborate bedtime routine with 20 books read. So I think that the acts of service one, um, it gets less important for women as a love language over time. That's just my hypothesis and I'll probably do a podcast on it because why not? You know, it's interesting enough. Um, and it uh, it's what I see, you know, where all these guys that were always the workhorse for all these years, then they continue to try to like take her car to get an oil change. But guess what? She has more time than anybody now. She doesn't even have to pick kids up at school. They're teenagers. They drive. She could get her own damn oil change. She doesn't give a shit, you know. So um, it's at that point that we go to the wife who wants more and her annoyingly satisfied husband dynamic where she wants a different sort of, of love language than had been very instrumentally helpful when she was a younger woman with tiny little children. But okay, so let's go. So masculinity, reverting back to the topic, masculinity can be understood as proactivity. And what, what about femininity? I think sweetness and loving behavior, this uh, affection. So if you say to your spouse, I'm, I'm unhappy that we are not affectionate with one another, that is basically the same thing, you know, like you want that, the, you're associating it with a feminine, like she's cuddly, she looks up at me with love, she's smiling at me. But what is that if not just affection? That's affection. Now there's another component which is, so with masculinity, it's not just proactivity, because proactivity could be born of anxiety. It's also confidence. It's like, here I am, I am making a decision, and I'm going to knock it out of the park, you know, and with the femininity, the affection is not just like affection, of course, that you would have for, you know, your dog or something. It's more of, um, 
more of an affection to somebody that you also like look up to in some way that you think is really great. So it's, it's admiring affection, like how she used to act when you started dating, hopefully. And like the man also, like when you started dating, he didn't say, man, I don't really know where we should go out to eat. Why don't you pick, you know? And you know what? I don't even know if I want to go out to eat because like it's, it's like cold out, you know? And like, why are we even wasting that money? Like that is not how you acted when you were dating. You were like, sure, how about we try, you know, like this restaurant at this time, I'll pick you up. So like a confident proactivity is what women associate with masculinity on a subconscious conscious level and respond to and a admiring affection is what uh, femininity could be translated as. Another thing about femininity is there's a lot of women who refuse to say that they are not, um, that, that, that they want the man to take care of them. And I have so many podcasts about this. I think I have like three and like a post, but there's a lot of women who are unhappy that the man doesn't take care of them, but they do basically everything in their power to make sure the man doesn't take care of them. And then they don't get to feel feminine because for many women, femininity internally is when you feel like the guy is um, pursuing you and caring for you and watching out for you and protecting you. But if you find it extremely difficult to accept this because you were trained to be a people pleaser and an overfunctioner, then you're going to end up with a guy who doesn't take care of you. And you, um, you may be drawn to a guy who doesn't have that even capability, or you may have a guy who could have had that capability, but you kind of, um, you you know, it's, it's died on the vine because whenever he tried to take care of you in any way, you said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do it. I can do it. You know what? I could do this and then I could do some shit for you on top of it. So I'm fine. I'm fine. And some women do this out of insecurity because they think all they have to offer is their ability to do stuff. Like this is the people pleaser equivalent, the overfunctioning equivalent of what I call the workhorse in men. This idea that your value is predicated solely on what you can provide. So there's women who are like, I'll pay, I'll pay for myself and I will uh, do all the chores because at my own house that I bought with my money and I'll drive myself to the airport and I'll park and I'll pick myself up. I'll drive myself back and I can do this on my own and that on my own and this on my own. Cool. But what is your overall goal? If your overall goal is to have somebody who looks out for you and tries to make your life easier, then you're not going about that the right way. You're not sending out signals that indicate I need help like any person needs help, um, with anything ever. So there would be no entry point for a man to take care of you. And things are not like, you know, a romance novel where the woman is so completely independent, but then somehow the man comes in in this amazing kind of way with like a helicopter and like, you know, I don't even know what, you're laid on the road and he's, his helicopter comes so that he could, you know, pull you in your car so you get to your OBGYN on time. Like shit like that doesn't happen, you know? So there is no amount of like awesome, you know, proactive masculinity or proactive confidence or whatever we're going to call it that that can um, go up against a woman who is resolved to need nobody and to in fact show that she can do everything all the time. And men do not generally consider such women to be, quote, feminine because they're not in any way interdependent. Now, remember, that's not codependent. Codependent is when you can't live without each other in a very, uh, you know, twilight vampire movie sense that's like crazy, but, and not real, but interdependent is I do need you for these things and you need me for these things. So a woman who cannot ever say, I need you for these things, and instead only says, you need me for these things, 
that is somebody who's generally not thought of as this um, as 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 a woman who even really definitionally needs the man around. So therefore, it's not very kind of romantic. It doesn't pull out the best of the man in terms of him trying to make her life easier because there seems no way. Seems like she's thought about everything already. And similarly, if you are a man who, when your wife says, where should we go out to eat, you are so terrified that she's going to be mad at you for something that instead of saying, oh, hey, she's throwing me a softball, now's my time to hit it out of the park and to like plan something awesome. Instead, you're like, I don't know, where do you want to eat? Well, then shit, you just took your opportunity to act more masculine and you just ruined it. You know, you lost it. So, I mean, it can come back, you know, unless you die the next day, you know, there where, where there is life, there is hope. And the next time, you can certainly plan a date from scratch. But if every time your wife kind of gives you a softball, like, uh, hey, why don't you take over this thing and really impress me? And then you're like, yeah, nah, you know, it's a lot of work. She probably won't be impressed anyway. I'll probably end up doing it wrong, getting yelled at. I'll just watch TV. Well, then you are letting your opportunity to impress her with your masculinity slash proactive confidence. You're letting that die on the vine. And so then it's obviously it takes two to tango. But if you're listening to this, it's probable that your spouse is not. And so you have decided that you want to try to change your relationship. So in that case, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, or honestly, it's not like these constructs don't apply. I work with same-sex couples as well, and nobody likes the person who's passive, and nobody likes the person who just does everything for themselves and does never act admiring or affectionate. Nobody likes that. But in these specific roles and for anybody that's also learned about masculinity femininity and feels that that applies to them try to think about it in terms of am I acting in these specific ways that could potentially elicit more of this type of response from my spouse and or am I just like hoping against hope right that the that that, that if, if I say enough times some little pointed passive aggressive barbs that somehow like my spouse is going to change and thereby allow me to be my best self magically because there's so many times women come in there like if he acted more alpha then I could be more feminine it's like what about bi-directional you know this this equation is bi-directional if you acted more feminine this is what the book um surrendered wife is about which I really like nobody likes it because the title at least in my circles but it's a really good book so you should read it it's not about surrendering to the man it's surrendering your tendency to fucking micromanage everything so you should read it but um you know that that isn't going to work it's not going to work that there's this man that can go up against any level of fully self-reliant completely hating uh dependence woman and then make her feel taken care of you know by just like somehow shoving this care down her throat like it just doesn't work like that and similarly you know it's it's not like the so in the case that a woman thinks that the man could act different and make her act different, there's just as many men who are thinking, oh, if I had this like loving, sweet, feminine wife, then, then, then I would change careers and then I'd be my best self. Then I'd probably start running again, goddammit. And now, you know, I mean, with the support of a woman who like looked at me, you know, like my friend Bob's wife looked at him today, at, you know, when we were sitting out there at the soccer game. And, you know, if I had a woman like that, you know, what's Bob doing? You know, he's probably not sitting around like a like a serving of mashed potatoes in the evenings, you know? If his wife is looking at him with respect and admiration and affection, it's probable that 
Bob may be doing some different behaviors than you are. So this is just always, I, I encourage everybody to look inward before blaming the spouse for just not being what you want. All right, so uh, and that, of course, goes into this domain of masculinity and femininity as it goes into every single domain with couples. All right, hope you enjoyed this and do subscribe. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, everywhere, Twitter. I'm shitty at Twitter, but you can follow me if you want to be a pal. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Bye-bye.